0: I can always refer to it as the woo woo moment. Having those connections makes me work harder, makes me want to do more. As an organization, what we need the most is for people to understand who we are and what we do.
1: I, I think we all look for a woo woo moment in our lives. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. This time around, we're talking with Aaron Waldhart. Erin is the executive director of Wafer. That's the organization that she wants us to know about. So we're going to get into her story. We'll find out how that woo-woo moment of hers led to what's become more than a career. It's a a mission for Erin. We'll talk about Wafer. We'll talk about Erin's story. We'll talk about how all of us can help on this episode of Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. You can check out all of the episodes of Around River City at AroundRiverCity.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast there, and that's free to do, by the way. And so anywhere you get your podcasts, you will get an alert every time we have a new episode. This time around, I'm talking with Erin Waldhart, who's the executive director of Wafer in La Crosse. She's been doing that job since 2012. Of course, to get to that point was quite a journey for her, and as always, that journey comes with a story, and I thought that's where we would start. She mentioned a woo-hoo moment. And so I started our conversation by asking if that's a story she's willing to share.
0: It is, but it's kind of, you know, when I share it, it's like, do people really believe me when I tell them? Because it it was like my first day at the first pantry job, and my first client, and the interaction that I had, and like, the way our eyes met and <laughs> like. Really? Like just this internal feeling that I had and I was hooked. Even saying it feels weird, but it was because I had worked, I mean, I had worked at other nonprofits before, never had anything like that.
1: But I think that feeling that you're talking about is something we all look for in some part of our life, whether it's a partner or whether it's a, a purpose. I mean, that sounds to me like. Purpose. Purpose. <laughs> So, I don't think it's silly. Tell me a little bit more about the day and the moment.
0: I went to UWL. I graduated with community health education degree. Got a job right away at a local nonprofit. Uh, worked there for about four years. So my family moved to be closer to my husband's work. He was traveling about an hour and a half every day, maybe not quite, and we didn't get to see him much. So we moved where he was, I quit my job, and so who is we We, my family so we it was my husband and three kids eight four and six months okay yeah so <laughs> so we moved to a new town and probably about six months after moving I you know finances got a little tight for us because I wasn't working so I was looking for just something part-time that also gave me adult contact mm-hmm. and I stumbled across an ad in the local paper for a volunteer coordinator at the local food pantry. And I thought, well, I could do that. And food
1: pantry work was new to you.
0: Yeah, I had never done it before. Um, I, Thinking back, I should have thought when finances got tight, maybe I should have reached out for that resource, but I didn't. (laughs) So, so I got the job as volunteer coordinator it wasn't that at all it was basically pantry management it was their first employee I was the only employee so the volunteers trained me when I started on the job my very first day the the volunteers were showing me the ropes how to register patrons how to pack their food packages because at that time it wasn't a choice model it was you just kind of asked them what they wanted and then packed it accordingly So I packed my first package and took it out to a lady that was standing there waiting. She was older, probably in her 70s. She had on a fleece coat, because I started probably in February. So it was cold out. She had on a a fleece coat. It was covered in cat hair. I handed her the bag of groceries, and she she had tears in her eyes. And Mm. it was... You know, I can always refer to it as the woo-woo moment where it was in that moment that I felt a connection to her, to the purpose. I don't really know, but I was hooked and I've been in pantry for the last 15 years.
1: I think that's amazing. It's a beautiful story. I wonder if that person, did you ever tell her the impact she had on you?
0: No. I don't know that I really understood it at the time. I think that it was only after kind of being more immersed in Tough food pantry and working with people more closely. I had never worked with that population before. So, you gain a whole new insight of the daily struggles that people have, the challenges that they face. Some of them just can't get over, um, they're insurmountable challenges. So, I don't think I really fully understood that first interaction until after it was over and probably not for, you know, a year or so later. But looking back on it, I knew in that moment that this is where God had called me to be.
1: Hmm. I'll just say again, that's amazing. I I think we all look for those kinds of moments in some parts of our life. I think I don't want to say you're lucky, but maybe you're blessed to have had a moment like that.
0: Oh, for sure. I, I think having those connections makes me work harder makes me want to do more, serve more, make more impact. Sitting behind a desk is not fun. I don't enjoy the paperwork that comes with my job, but I enjoy the benefits that come with it in seeing lives changed.
1: Yeah. Are you still ever surprised at the impact that the people you serve have on you? Even, I mean, we expect you to have an impact on the people you serve, the people that come to Wafer, but... They give a lot back, don't they?
0: They do. You know, being in my position is difficult uh, because I look at, it, look at it more as a service versus a job. So I feel like this is God's purpose for my life. This is how I can serve him. And seeing love given in, in this way is impactful. I think I I take things for granted less. Like, I am very much aware of the, I'm gonna call it a privileged life that I have. You know, we have a home, we have jobs, we have food on our table, we have loved ones, and a lot of the people that come to Wafer don't have those things. It's a struggle some days to not get wrapped up in that. I kind of have to compartmentalize my feelings Because there is the chance that really feeling the feels is, it causes extreme sadness.
1: Mm -hmm. Everybody that helps other people through difficult times probably has to do that to a degree. I'm sure. You said you've been doing this for 15 years. Your kids are quite a bit older now. So they've grown up with you doing this work. Has it it affected them?
0: I think... for my youngest, it's probably had the greatest impact. Uh, I started my job at that first food pantry when she was had just turned one. So she pretty much has grown up in a pantry. She was stocking shelves when she was like 18 months old. Her Her job was to make sure that the mac and cheese shelf was full. Oh. And, and my boys, they have helped too, I think probably not as greatly as my daughter the youngest because they've been in school you know she had all those years before she went to school where she would come with me every day to the pantry she continues to come even now that she's in school on her days off she'll come in and I'm not and then not every day you know she doesn't spend her whole summer there she has other things that she does too but you know, she also is aware that there's sometimes when volunteer hands run short and she's willing to help out. She doesn't take as much coaxing as maybe my boys do, but again, they're older. My oldest is just about 24 and my middle son is 20. So they're, they've got school, they've got jobs, they've got lives. They still help out. Well,
1: I think you've probably shown them a good example of uh, what to put into life.
0: I think so, but I think it has impacted the way that they view people that live in poverty. I think they are much more tolerant. Maybe that's not even the right word. They might be more aware of the situation and have a higher level of compassion.
1: Yeah. What is the general public's biggest misconception, do you think, about people that live in poverty?
0: I think... When I first started in food pantry, the biggest misconception was that people that utilized food pantries or other programs or services didn't want anything different for their life. They were satisfied being lazy, not doing anything, not actively looking to change their situation. That's not it at all. I mean, sure, there's probably some folks that are like that, but. 95% of the people that come to Wafer, they really do need the help. They're not just playing the system. And for a lot of them, if they would have an opportunity to change their situation, they would. I think about this one lady that I have known since I've pretty much started there. So I've been there over eight years. And she, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I can't diagnose things, but If I had to guess, I would say she probably has some sort of developmental delays. Uh, Social situations, like coming in and registering for a visit, was difficult for her. The communication aspect of it was hard. But every time she got a food package, she would call me at like 11 o'clock at night when she knew I wasn't in my office and leave me a message thanking me for such wonderful staff, for wonderful volunteers. Thank you for the wonderful food. And then she would go on to list, well, I got these things in my package today. And she called me probably a year and a half ago, left me a message at like 11 o'clock at night, telling me that she wouldn't be coming to the food pantry anymore because she got a J-O-B job. She was super excited about it. She said she hoped one day that she would be able to support what we do financially. She's like, you know, it might only be $5 here or there, but she wanted to be able to repay some of what she had received. So I don't think she has been there since. She still calls me. (laughs) And so when she sees me on the news or reads something in the newspaper, she'll call and make a comment about it and then just, Thank you for everything that you do for our community. And if I if I ever win the lottery in a million bucks, I'm gonna buy you a new building. <laughs> and she's just it, it was just it's cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think that even after not receiving our services anymore, she wants to stay connected is pretty awesome.
1: Is that why you do this? All of the people at Wafer, why do you all do it?
0: I can't speak for the other staff or volunteers, but for me personally, it's I feel called by God. That. This is my purpose in serving him is to serve his people. A majority of our other staff and volunteers, I would say that on some level that would be the case as well. When we take a moment to just stop and look at all the things happening around us, the things, you know, we're not actively serving at this very moment. We're watching service be provided. And we get to hear the gratitude of people that are, receiving something that's so critical to life I think that just has a tendency to fill our buckets it's not about what what we what we get from our service but it's about seeing and feeling how we help others
1: well I would love to be able to say that I get the feeling your services are becoming less necessary but I don't think that's the case is it
0: as far as like numbers they've actually decreased. But you know, we've had other groups and organizations in the area that have started food distributions or been an outlet for farm to families. And all of that is pouring into an area that's overly saturated with government commodities. That's why we're now offering weekly food packages because we can, we have enough. The government's been generous and we want to get it out to people that need it. I think the biggest change that we've seen is the frequency that people are coming back. Probably more individuals than families. The other thing that we've noticed is people that haven't used our services in years coming back. Hmm. So two to three, up to 10 years, they haven't needed our services and have returned.
1: That must be hard for them.
0: I would think it would be hard to get to the point where you know, you've know you made it for several years without needing help, and now all of a sudden you do. But I would also like to think that we provide an environment that's wel- welcoming, that it's non-judgmental, that it's a safe place to be, and that would make it easier to come back.
1: Talking with Aaron Waldhart, who's the executive director of Wafer in La Crosse, on this episode of Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. If you want to follow all of the episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere that you get your podcast, and you will never miss an episode. When we come back, I'm just going to go ahead and ask what I always think is an obvious question for people who do what Aaron does. What do you get out of this? This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. And by the way, if you know someone who has a great story to tell, why don't you let me know about them and uh, we'll have that conversation, share it with everybody. You can go to AroundRiverCity.com, click on the podcast and just let me know a little bit about that person and we'll get it going from there. Right now, though, I'm talking with Aaron Waldhart, the executive director of Wafer in La Crosse. And I'm just going to go ahead and ask a blunt question. I think it's always an obvious question. Sometimes it's one that's in the back of our minds when we talk to people that do what Aaron does. Tell me what you're getting out of this. It seems like you said it's you can get caught up in a lot of sadness. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not glamorous. I'm just going to assume that
0: (laughs) you're correct.
1: (laughs) So what are you getting out of this? Are you getting what you thought you would when you went to college for this? Uh- uh,
0: you know the my degree is so broad that there's so many things that I could have done with it. Uh, you know, I had it when I was getting ready to graduate, thinking about, "Well, oh, what am I going to do?" You know, I was really interested in like employee health and safety, employee wellness programs. You know, corporate corporate organized programming for employees. I thought, yeah, that that sounds really great. Uh, Well, I guess things just kind of happened the way that they did all on their own. Um, I, you know, different story for a different day, but starting at my first nonprofit, it was kind of like a divine intervention because one of the gals that I had gone to school with had gotten a job at this nonprofit, and they were hiring, and you should apply, and I did, and well, so that's how that one started. Um, you know, and then a move and an ad and a paper, and it's not a glamorous job. If I'm honest, it's a really, really hard job. Uh, there's, you know, people ask me what I do. I'm like, well, what don't I do? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm HR, I'm fundraising, I'm pub- public relations, I'm a conflict mediator. Um, well, geez, what else? Marketing.
1: I imagine you do your share I mean, of sweeping and... Hauling of uh, those food boxes, stocking,
0: driving big vehicles, unloading trucks. I mean, there isn't really anything that I don't or can't do. Um, that's tiring. For the last year, and I'm sure a lot of you know, a lot of people have experienced hardships in the last year. Sometimes it felt like some of ours were insurmountable. Oh, I left work defeated a lot of days. Hmm. I continue to feel like I don't make a lot of headway. I feel like what I do is really reactionary instead of proactive. Like, you know, my prayers include God help me, help us to to grow, to serve better, to reach more people. But it's hard to grow when you just feel like you're Just putting out these little fires all the time and that you can't ever get to that list of to do's to achieve that growth so that's frustrating Um, but there's been a few relationships over the years that have really impacted me there's one in particular that I think of uh, it's a mom and a dad and two kids they've kind of struggled with housing insecurity as well there was just a a bunch of issues that they were dealing with and i remember it was a friday before a food fair it was in the winter because we were inside for that distribution and i had gotten a call from her social worker saying they don't have any food they're living in a hotel it's you know almost the weekend and i said like she knows me just tell her to call me so she called and i said you know come on in get a food package food fairs tomorrow, so you can get another one tomorrow, you know, and then the next month is just like within a week away, so she came in and got a food package, and uh, so so she has a daughter and a son, and the daughter is just, I don't don't even know how to describe her, she's just the cutest thing ever, Uh, she's very personable, we hit it off like a charm, so every time she would come in, she would, you know, run to my office, and And Miss Erin and give me a hug and tell me about school and and those things. Well, so the food fair came, and, you know, there's long lines. You know, 200, 300 people would come Mm. through that line. And she spotted me, and so she ran over, and she just, she was short, so she, like, threw her arms around my waist, and she just squeezed me so tight. She's like, thank you, Miss Erin, for all the food. Last night I had oatmeal for dinner. And she was, like, she was grateful for oatmeal. Hmm. Um, so I've, I've had the opportunity to, to watch that family gain more uh, stability in their life, you know, move into more stable housing and jobs and, and all of that. Uh, they still come to the pantry, but life is more stable for them. And I think it's mostly because of seeing the change that I'm... Just a little bit a part of.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you've probably also made a lifelong friend.
0: I that young lady. I definitely have.
1: Aaron Waldhart is the executive director of Wafer in La Crosse. This is Around River City, and I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being along for the conversation today. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to make sure you're always aware when there's a new one, you can subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com. And anywhere you get your podcasts, we will be there. You know, a program like WAFER doesn't just happen. It takes all of us to make it happen. And that's what we'll get into when we come back with Aaron on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. I'm talking with Aaron Waldhart, the executive director of WAFER. They are more than a food pantry, but how much more? And how can we help? Let's pick up the conversation with Aaron by finding out exactly what Wafer needs from us. That's
0: a tough one. I mean, we can almost always use volunteers. But what what we need most, I think, is as an organization, what we need the most is for people to understand who we are and what we do, the services that we offer. I bet probably ninety to ninety-five percent of the time that I give it tour people leave that going wow i didn't know what
1: is what's this year looking like for wafer what's 2021 looking like are you secure or
0: yeah i you know i just really wish that we could open our doors up and let people back in to choose their own food you know yeah it's great that they get a box of food but to be able to pick out what they want and what they like and you know, maybe to accommodate more for allergies or medication interactions. Well, I think that's empowering nice. for one thing. It is. It is. They have control. If, if only for that moment they have control over what they're choosing, you know, that's that's great. I, I just, it's, it's such a fine line that we walk on that one. You know, we closed our doors before we knew the extent of the pandemic. And I did, I made that choice because I wanted to protect our staff and our volunteers. And I knew if I didn't change operations, if we kept things the way that they were, that I wouldn't have anybody to help. And it worked. Um, Our volunteer base dropped off significantly in March and April. And it wasn't until about December that we started to rebound a little bit. The majority of our regular volunteers haven't come back. But we've gotten a lot of new volunteers. I think trying to maintain that now as the weather gets nice is going to be a challenge because we've been cooped up for the last year. And, you know, we're starting to get a glimpse of we've got vaccines and, you know, some things that we used to enjoy are starting to start back up again, you know, like moon tunes or Mm -hmm. concerts in the park or whatever. You know, we might be able to get together with friends I worry that
1: more distractions. <laughs>
0: yes, there's gonna be more distractions and um, you know that might that might impact us. But you know, they need that too. Yeah. Wafer food pantry is more than just giving food out. You know, we offer a bunch of different services and the other services that we offer are intended to make things easier, better, to continue growing. So for example, we offer nutrition education classes education on how to incorporate more produce daily that was the the main focus was how to how to eat more produce every day in in the hopes of improving health but then we also give them the tools that they need to take their new skills home so that they can implement their new skills at home and try to create lasting effects so, we offer that. We have senior food package delivery. So, seniors that can't get out because of lack of transportation or maybe it's a mobility problem, you know, so we deliver it right to their home, apartment complex, and kind of in tandem with that is our mobile food pantry. So, pre pandemic, people actually got onto the vehicle just like they would come into our building to choose their food. Now we distribute pre-packed packages, but we hit, I believe, 21 different sites throughout our county. So low-income, high-rise, identified neighborhoods that deal are dealing with food insecurity, the rural parts of our community. So I'm really proud of, of that.
1: You did say it's hard work, but it sounds extremely rewarding.
0: It is. It is rewarding. You know, I, I want people to know that we're more than just giving out food. We're, we are more. You know, we want, we want people to not need us anymore, but we're going to be there until they don't need us anymore.
1: Well, that's quite a mission for Aaron and for everybody involved with the Wafer Food Pantry in Lacrosse. This has been Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks a lot for listening in today. You can catch Around River City anywhere you get your podcasts, and you can subscribe to the podcast at AroundRiverCity.com. That way, if you like what you've been hearing, you'll get an alert and you'll never have to miss an episode. Thanks for being a part of the conversation on Around River City.